Thank you for joining us on the CFF Podcast. Today, Pastor Pablo Martinez will be inspiring you with a message from the Word of God. We hope you enjoy and welcome home. Awesome. Say hello to somebody next to you. Tell them, hey, how you doing? You look good. You look really good today. If it's your, if it's your girlfriend, you better say loud so everybody can hear. Thank you, Easy. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. Well, welcome home. Today we have um, an awesome word from uh, our series called Central. And I know it's a risque name. But we started a, a series two weeks ago called, uh, what is it called? You don't even want to say it. Uh, uh, it's called Central. And the thought behind that is that we are all central beings. We have senses. The thing is that, that many people live through their senses, not through their convictions. Does that make sense? So instead of living by what they know, by what is true, by what is right, they live by what we feel. Does that make sense? How I feel, what people feel about us, what people you know, say about us, what we hear about ourselves. Uh, and so many times our lives are not where they need to be, not because God is not with you, or not because God hasn't told you where you ought to be, but simply because we feel our way through life and we end up really hurting it. Does that make sense? The first uh, sense that we talked about, do you guys remember two weeks ago what we talked about? What was the sense we, we covered last two weeks ago? What is it? You guys have notes, right? No, no that was la last week was Frank. Yeah, what was it? Okay, raise your hand if you were here two weeks ago. All right, good, good. You guys don't even want to erase it because you don't want to ask you. Yeah, it was touched. Okay, cool, cool. So it was touched. And, and uh, we, we know that, that um, we have five main senses. It doesn't mean we only have five senses. We have many senses, like, like the sense of, uh, I don't know, like someone's watching you. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the sense of uh, fear, I guess. You ever felt afraid, you know? But anyway, but, but there's these, these five senses that we learn in school. What are the primary five senses people have? All right, let's see. The first one is touch. The other one, let's just say it's smell, sight, hearing, and taste, right? These are it. Go ahead and lick the person. I'm just kidding. No, all right. So we have these, these five senses, right? And, um, one of, the, one of the things that we don't realize, but smell is one of those senses that um, we don't often thank God for unless, unless you are in a situation um, where something smells so bad and then you cannot smell anymore. You're like, oh, thank God. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so uh, for example, have you ever forget to, did, uh, maybe it happened to you, it happens to me often, that I forget to put the other on one side of my, my arms. And I, I, it ever happened to anybody? Raise your hand if that's happened to you. You know, yes, right? And you're like walking, hey, what's up, guys? You give people a hug sideways. Uh, do you know what I'm saying or no? So it happens to me very often. But uh, so if I ever go, what's up, you know, uh, that's probably why. But we, we, uh, we as people spend so much time, effort, and money into, into smelling and smelling good. I don't know if you guys know, but uh, Kim Kardashian made $10 million one day on the first day when she released her, her perfume. 
One million people didn't even know what it smelled like. They just wanted the Kim smell, you know. I'm like, they put her sweat on it or something. How do you, you know what I mean? But this woman made $10 million on the first one day. How would you like to earn $10 million in one day just out of her perfume, right? Um, it, on Amer in America, in 2019, it's projected that we're going to spend $7 billion. I'm not saying million. I'm saying billion. How much is one billion? A thousand million. And in Spanish, it's a million million. So un billion is a million. In English, it's a thousand. That's weird how that works, right? So $7,000 million on perfume. Did you hear what I just said? $7,000 million in the U.S. only. Throughout the world, $40 billion. $40 billion. That's ridiculous. You know how many people you can feed with $7 billion? I think we could eradicate, you know, at least thirst. Let's stick to that. $7 billion every year on trying to smell good. We are one funky country, right? We are... Trying to get rid of smell so much. Uh, you know, I, I was reading on the, you know, we do personal budgets, Eoni and I, and we're trying to figure out how much to spend on personal care. And we looked up the average of how much people should spend or how much people spend uh, a month and then a year on personal care products. Meaning shampoo, so, you know, or like deodorant or, or uh, you know, what's another personal care product? Well, perfume, toothpaste, yes, yeah, so you don't, yeah, those, don't. Right? So, you sp you, on average, people spend $613, $613 a year. That doesn't seem like a lot because I just thought that was $7 billion. But you spend $713 every year on trying not to smell bad. Think about that for just a second. We spend so much money, so much effort in trying not to smell bad. In 2 Corinthians, it says something really, really cool. Um, by the way... Your, your cells, your sense of, uh, of smell cells, they're renewed every 30 or 60 days. So from 30 to 60 days. So what you didn't like, you know, 60 days ago, you may want to smell it again. And, you know, it may be, may be really good. Maybe not. Okay, 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 17, it says, Now thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. It is amazing. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ mm -mm -mm. among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death. And to the other the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as so many peddling the word of God but as of sincerity but as from God. We speak in the sight of God in Christ. Close your eyes, please. Dear God, thank you so much for your love and for your grace. Thank you for your grace, God. I thank you because where we kind of go, God, you take us. God, whatever we uh, are struggling with at this moment, anyone in this room, Lord, I pray, God, that you let them know that you're going to take care of that for them. God, if they put their lives in your hands, if they put you in the driving seat, You'll take them to a safe haven, God. I ask you, Lord, that the worry, the people that are worried right now, God, would put the worry aside and hear your word. That it would refresh their soul and perhaps bring answers. I pray, God, for those that are distracted, God, that the enemy would try to take away the seed that is being sown into their hearts. I pray, God, right now, Lord, that you protect the word, the seed that will give fruit and beautiful fruit that 
fruit that may feed them and their family and the generations to come. Dear God, I pray that your word would not fall on deaf ears. God, please let us value the pearls that come from your word. I thank you so much because today I know, Lord, that you're trying to do something in us, in every single one of us, that we may be a better representation of you throughout the world. In your name we pray. Amen. It says here that we are to God the fragrance of Christ. I could end the sermon right there. And if you take that word home with you, it's already good, I promise. But God says that you are the scent, the fragrance, not of Kim Kardashian, but of Christ. Think about this. You are the scent of Christ. You smell like Jesus. Right? I don't know if, you, if you've ever been around someone that reminds you of someone else. The smell of someone that reminds you of someone else. I am very, very particular about my, my sense of scent. I can usually remember perfumes. And so if you're wearing chrome, I'll know you're wearing chrome. Or aqua de gio, I know you're wearing aqua de gio. I, I, I want to do a test. Is anybody wearing cologne here today? All right. Anthony, let's come up here. This is just, let's see what cologne you're wearing. I'm going to test this, this thing here if it works. Hold on. Let me, let me clear it out real quick. All right. I'm just going to see if it actually, are you, you are actually wearing cologne today. Ah, oh, no, you are, you are, okay, okay. Oh, that looks really weird, huh? All right. You're not wearing cologne today. You're wearing deodorant. You are wearing cologne. Right here, right here. Sheesh. Hold on. Brute. Ah, just kidding. What is that? I don't think I've ever smelled it. With a D. That's not DKNY. No, I don't know. What is it? Dolce and Gabbana. Oh, my. <laughs> See, I, don't, I, I only go to the 99 cent store. The one that comes diluted, you know, like, you know, the one that goes away really quick. <laughs> All right. Usually, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I just wanted to smell you, bro. What? What? Uh, okay. Yeah. Gaspar. No. Come on, Gaspar. Come on up here. Let's see you. Two, one out of one. No, man, but Gaspar always got the, the, the good stuff, you know, the stuff from Sinaloa or something. You know, let's see. The, the stuff he himself, you know. Uh. <laughs> 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 it's just funny. Uh, okay. Uh, it's not code, huh? Armani code? No, what is it? Chanel Blue, wow. I suck at this. <laughs> All right, two out of three. <laughs> That's really bad. Anyone else? Chris. No, but you got the... the you're, okay, come on up here, okay? Let's see what you got. All right, all right. <clears throat> Let's see. <clears throat> oh, that's Aqua de Gio. Of course. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for telling me before. <laughs> Doris, did you know your boyfriend wears Aqua de Gio? You don't know that. Now you do. All right. Formation Friday. So we spend so much money. We spend so much money in just trying to smell good and trying not to smell bad. Yet God says, you already have an amazing scent. Like you already smell amazing. If you could do me one big favor and just tell the person next to you, you smell like Christ. You smell like Christ. All right. Don't put a comma in between. You smell Christ. All right. You smell like Christ. 
Now tell that same person, now I smell like Christ. We are the scent of Jesus. But it also says on that same passage, it also says on that same passage, listen to this. For we are God's fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Check this out. To the one we are the aroma of death. To the other we're the aroma of life. You either smell like death or you smell like life. Now, sometimes it depends on who's smelling you, according to this word. It says, to those that are dying, to those that are not saved or going towards, towards this amazing relationship with God, then you smell like death. I want to I just pause for a second there because you will, you will not always please everybody. As a matter of fact, if you walk with Jesus Christ, you won't please everybody. You probably will displease a lot of people. The fact that you are a child of God, it already makes you stink to some people. Holy moly, that's... I should end the sermon right there and just, that's it, bye. See you guys later, tweet it, right? The fact that you are loving God, to some people, it's like a stench of death. And I've always wondered why it's so offensive See, uh, one, somebody was telling me here that, you know, they work at this, this big organization. It's one of the banks. And it was saying how people could wear whatever they want, like offensive stuff. They could wear, like, you know, demons on their the shirts, like any 666, whatever you want to wear, you know. But if you wear, like, Jesus loves you or a cross or, or a verse or, or it's offensive to people. They're like, oh, what the heck? Why are you being so intolerant? What are you talking about, dude? I, I'm just drinking in and out You know, it says John 3.16 under the cup. <laughs> Have you guys ever thought about that? Why is it so incredibly intense? Now, of course, we could talk about many, many social issues. But the fact of the matter is this. If you ever want to get into polemic discussions, go in your job during the break and just grab a Bible, put it in the middle of the table and stand back, see what happens. It's like you just dumped a bomb on people. You're like, is it true or not? Some people are like, wait, what the heck, man? This is work. And the way I see this, and maybe it's not like that anymore, but so many people, so many people are offended without even knowing what it is. They don't understand. It's almost like a simple reminder of what they're not doing, what they don't believe, what they don't care about, what the accountability that they assume they don't need. Can I tell you this? Because it is Formation Fridays. Today's a night. And if you came here for the first time, welcome to CFF. But I got to tell you this. Tonight is a night where you have to choose. You have to decide to be okay with being fine even if someone says, oh, you're a Christian? You have to be able to say, darn right I am. Does that make sense? Sometimes we are so afraid of someone not accepting us and not liking us, that we end up committing the worst mistake. And that is reversing what this Bible verse says. And instead of smelling bad to those that are dying, we end up smelling bad to the Lord. The Bible says that if you deny me here on earth, I will also deny you when you get to heaven. That if you do not confess me here, then why would I ever profess you in heaven? The Bible says that very, very clearly that most of the time, people, listen, are trying to please people. And I don't think there's anything wrong with pleasing certain people. Like your wife, your husband. I don't know, you know, your teacher. You may want to please your teacher sometime. That's pretty good. Like study and stuff, you know. But 
your boss. It's a good thing to have your boss on your side, isn't it? Sometimes you can't. But you cannot become a people pleaser. Because if you are a people pleaser, the chances are that you will be a God displeaser. That if we try to please people all the time, especially those that are dying. And when I mean those that are dying, those that are on the road and the road to death. Now, don't get me wrong. We ought to be the scent of Christ to anyone, right? Now, the scent of Christ to some people is confrontational. It doesn't mean you're going to be an annoying Christian smacking people with the Bible in the face and say, Amen, hallelujah, hermano. Yeah, and just like, that's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is simply saying, what is the scent of Christ? What is... One specific time, I remember we were going, I was working for this, this company, it was called Express Employment. And uh, people knew that I was a believer and I would pray in my office, like on my desk, right before I started work. Uh, and my boss happened to be a Christian, so that was a pretty cool thing that she allowed me to pray, you know. And whether she allowed it or not, I was going to pray regardless. Now, how loud? You know, depend on the boss, you know. But that one time uh, that I, you know, I just got down there and I started praying, I closed my, my office door. And, and that one time I decided to get on my knees just because, honestly, I felt like God said, get on your knees. And so I did, and somebody walked in on me. And that somebody happened to be someone that I didn't know was a pastor's daughter. She also worked there. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, it's okay, it's okay. You know, I'm not changing. It's all right. You know, I'm just praying, you know. And so, and so anyway, we were, she came out, and, you know, we started talking. She's like, oh, I'm actually, my dad's a pastor. I was like, what? That was well hidden. Like, you know, that was crazy. So anyway, so she's like, hey, why don't we pray, like, is it okay if I join you in prayer the next day? So, yeah. So, then the, the girl, her friend, Veronica, started praying with us. And all of a sudden, I'm not playing. We had this awesome prayer meeting every time, every time before we started work. Every single day we would be praying. Now, there was this one coworker that she did not pray. And she was completely angry against anyone who talked about God. And it was so funny to me. It was actually funny. Not funny that she would get angry. It was funny to me that she would be tolerating on everything else, like the nastiest language you could ever hear. The, not for me usually. I'm just kidding. Okay. No, no, no. Like, you know what I mean? Like the worst things you can hear, you could hear some vile, it was just vile language, you know. Um, an employee would come, try to apply, and whenever he'd walk out, people would be talking smack about him, and that never bothered her. You know what I mean? Like it never annoyed her. And then all of a sudden, we started praying, and actually we started coming in earlier, so we wouldn't take the boss's time, and we started praying like 10 minutes early. And it was so beautiful to me to be able to see the rest of the co-workers, her friends, to say, hey, look, back off. If you don't want to pray, that's fine. That's on you. But we're still going to pray for you. And I was just like, that was pretty legit. You know, and the cool thing about this is, why do I tell you this? Is that I saw believers begin to stand for, the act, for what they actually believe. And it went from belief to conviction. You know how do you actually go from belief to conviction? It's called trial. You could never have true convictions unless it's been tested. A belief will always be in the air unless you have had an opportunity to test it against something. Let me give you one example. There are different types of ropes. Have you guys ever used, uh, you know, the, you, you buy in Home Depot different ropes. Well, the other day I was buying rope and I needed to hook something. And there's something called a carabiner. Anybody know what a carabiner is? Not a carrying beaner. A carabiner. <laughs> That's kidding. That's me. A carabiner. Anybody know what a carabiner is? Yeah, the little hooks, the little things. And I bought one. And it said, not for climbing. I was like, what? Why would you tell me that? I don't even care about climbing. And then I realized this. Some people try to use these things to put their entire life on it. Like these Home Depot little things. I'm like, I'm not putting no, 
you know, 165 pounds of fury, you know what I mean, like on this thing, like for, and my family, you know what I mean, like no way on this aluminum thing, but people actually would use that. And then on, it says on the little cover, it's like 80 pound test. I'm, I'm more than 80 pounds, you know, but some of those, some of the good ones are like 600 pound test, 800 pound test. How do they know? Uh, they've been tested. Now, I wonder what kind of caliber, what kind of strength is your faith, your Christianity? Do you shrink back the moment that the enemy starts attacking or the moment somebody says something and you start getting, um, I don't know. See, Thanksgiving is coming up and it's coming up pretty quick. And I realize that Thanksgiving is turning into the turkey day. It's not the turkey day. It's the day we praise God. It's the day we thank God for all the things he's done. Christmas is no longer Christmas. Now they want to call it the holidays, the Santa's week kind of thing. You know, like, no, dude, it's the day where Christ was born. We celebrate his birthday. Don't try to take that from us. My son is being taught in schools that this nation is not under God. Of course it is. I pledge allegiance to that flag. It is one nation still under God. will always be under God. But we live in a nation and we live in a time where it's intimidating for some people to be believers. And I say some people because for some people that have been tested, that's no longer the case. See, I have a five-year-old and my five-year-old already is learning. Already is learning convictions and values. No, we don't dress up like demons. Why? Because we're children of God. Now, don't get me wrong. Here's where you have to understand the line. You're not going to go around everybody, little friend that's dressed like a demon say, You demon! Ah! And like push them away. No. It's just understanding that, well, maybe you're not a child of God. So you don't have convictions like these. Why do I tell you this? Because in Formation Fridays, we have the opportunity to actually help you form what we understand the character of Christ to be. I understand that Jesus Christ had certain convictions that were so beautiful and incredible and a life-giving for so many people but it was death to the pharisees it was death to those that despised what his message was about to to represent a life of of, of redemption people get offended by the fact that you know you are righteous in christ oh, you think you're better than me i don't think i'm better than you actually i know because christ is in me but without christ i'm jacked up dude probably worse than you honestly but because Christ is there, then I have redemption, I have salvation, I have grace, I have forgiveness. I can give forgiveness. See, that's the X factor. Why do I tell you this? Today, you have to understand that we all carry a scent with us. You could never be ashamed of smelling like Jesus. Peter was. Peter started to deny Christ. The moment people, you smell like Jesus. They didn't really tell him that. They said, you sound like Christ. You look like someone that has been hanging out with God. And he's like, oh, no. And then you know what he did? He started cussing. I was like, oh, mother, boop, boop, boop. And he started cussing. The Bible says he started cursing to tell people, no, I don't smell like Jesus. See? See, I don't smell like Jesus. And I wonder how many of us in here would say, yeah, I'm a believer. And I don't care if people know. As a matter of fact, I want people to know that I still am in love with Jesus Christ. And I will never be ashamed of that. To some, you may smell like death. And I praise God. You know why? Because at least they'll know where to find the scent. Let me tell you this one thing. I had a friend, he hated everything to do with God. I mean, everything. He was all into, you know, drug, sex, and alcohol. That's all he ever did. Matter of fact, he went to jail for a very long time for shooting somebody in the face. Why do I tell you this? Because he knew exactly who to call when he needed Jesus Christ. Why? Because his friend wasn't undercover. His friend didn't put the other one against Jesus. Does that make sense? Now, here's the thing. Sometimes we as believers are so undercover, we're trying to hide the scent of God so much we don't want people to know at all. I asked my 12 at some point, hey, do your devotional during your lunch break instead of in the morning. 
And it was such a challenge for some. Because that meant that you had to open your scripture. You had to bring your notebook during your lunch break. And people would see it. And that's an amazing thing. You know what began to happen? They began to be challenging your faith. A couple of them told me, you know what? People started actually coming forward and saying, hey, you know what? I didn't know you were a Christian. Can you, can you help me out with this? Or hey, can you pray for me? You know, bosses began to say, hey, um, you know, uh, can you, people started praying for people. Why do I tell you these things? Because sometimes we are trying to please the wrong crowd. The scent of Christ is not always pleasing to people. But listen to this. The scent of Christ always, always has a, a, scent, uh, a hint of redemption. No matter what, no matter who, always has a hint of redemption. So how do we know is the scent of Christ and not the scent of religion? Somebody please pay attention to this. Especially if you grew up in church or you, or you were angry at people that went to church. You heard the words, you hypocrite, right? Oh, I don't go to church. I don't believe in church. I don't believe in organized religion. And we always say, don't worry, we're not that organized. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so, you know, there's all these things that people are angry about or, or our leaders or pastors or, you know, or our, my, my aunt who always said she was a believer. But she was the most mean one. You know, there's, how do you know the difference between religion and the difference between Christ? What is the difference between the two? You see, Jesus was not about religion. By the way, religion is not just church. Some people have a religion, they just don't call it religion. For example, religion is a group of believers. That's pretty much it. They gather, they believe deeply. Kind of like, um, um, mm, what is that one exercise that people do? CrossFit? <laughs> That's actually a pretty strong religion. You probably don't know that. Because they believe so, so much. Matter of fact, they're more hardcore than many Christians are. I mean, they, they, they work hard, they eat right, they sleep right, their friend group is tight, they have these incredible goals. Am I making sense? They, they, they are sanctifying themselves, believe it or not, onto their goals, onto their bodies. Why do I tell you this? Because sometimes believers, you can be, and I can be so soft, and I'll just say with you, I'll stick with that so it sounds a little more offensive. Hopefully at least you'll listen to this. Sometimes you can be so soft about your convictions in Jesus. That we're afraid of being religious. But we must be radical, not religious. The difference between radical and religious is huge. I'll begin with the first one. The first difference is compassion. A child of God, Jesus Christ, always had compassion on people. He had deep convictions. But compassion was one of the first and most important things that he carried with him. It doesn't matter if it was a Pharisee, a Sadducee. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if it was a tax collector or a, or a leper or a woman with a blood flow. Jesus had compassion on people. If you are trying to put your convictions but there's no compassion, you are a legalist. A legalist means I just care about the law and I don't care about people. This is intense. The scent of Christ should not, let me tell you this, the scent of Christ should not ever look bad on Christ let me put it like this you may look bad because well what the heck you believe in God but if you actually show Christ there'll be compassion there'll be care there'll be tenderness there'll be prayer there'll be giving there'll be patience man real Christ real Christ for those that were in need was the best thing they ever smelled eh, best thing they ever smelled I was talking to somebody today and it was such a beautiful conversation. They were talking about how, you know, this, this person really needed God. And they were able to share 
they haven't been able to share in years. But finally, they were able to share, you know, a little bit about Jesus. And it was so amazing because the moment that door opened, it was like heaven opened on that person. I was able to receive. It was such a beautiful thing. But all that person did in between was love, care, wait, pray, give. That's the scent of Jesus. The scent of Jesus is not something you're going to shove down people's throat. The scent of Jesus is something exactly that. It's a scent, not a stench. It is there and it is constant and it is beautiful. And I'm telling you this, it works every single time. The one thing I know is this, is that the Bible says that Jesus was filled with compassion. It says because he had compassion. It talks about Christ weeping, crying, weeping for his friend. When his friend Lazarus died, the shortest verse in the Bible, it says Jesus wept. And I was thinking, man, that's intense. Like that my Christ, my King, my Lord would have so much compassion for his friend. Not only that, there was multitudes, multitudes of people. And he tells the disciples, hey, give him some to eat. He didn't tell him because he was tired. He said, give him because he had compassion on people. When was the last time while you were tired, you still had enough compassion to say, here, take my meal. Take whatever I've got. The Bible says that the world will know that you are a Christian by the way we love one another. Not by our t-shirts. Not by our bumper stickers. Hey, not by our songs, but by the way we love one another. And so I ask you now, who is another who is the other person? Who is the person we ought to be loving? That's a question. <laughs> God for sure. How about we start with the person that's closest to you? If you like the girl, you're like, yes, pastor said it, pastor said it. <laughs> no, no. Who is the person you're supposed to be loving? Is the one that's near you, your family, your friends, your sons, your daughters, your wife, your husband, your, your dad, your mom? But can I say this, in order for us to truly represent Christ, some of us really need a spiritual bath. We really need a spiritual shower because we carry so much of the scent of our past. We carry so much of the scent of our character flaws, so much the scent of, of, of an angry person, of a sad person. Of, I don't know if you ever try to witness to someone and you felt like you had no authority to speak to them. And that's usually the enemy telling you you have no authority. But in some cases, it is because you have not earned the right because you've shown a completely different example. So let me just pause for a second and let me tell you this one park right here. What is a spiritual bath? How do you take a spiritual bath? I've realized this, that many believers don't share Jesus, not because you don't love God. It's not even because you don't love people. It's because you don't feel worthy of sharing Jesus. And I think that's one of the biggest enemy, biggest Weapons the enemy has against you. And it is called guilt. It is called shame. Can I say today, tonight, right here, right now. If I don't have the conviction that I am righteous before God. I would be a hypocrite if I spoke to you. Now I didn't say I'm perfect. I said the conviction that I am righteous before God. Let me repeat that to you. You don't have to be perfect. You have to be righteous before God. You know how you do that? You have to take a spiritual bath. Now. How do you take a spiritual bath? This is going to sound really creepy and really crazy, but only in the blood of Jesus. Now, that sounds creepy and it sounds scary if you're here for the first time. You mean tell me I'm going to take a bath on blood? That's when I walk out of church, right? But listen, Jesus Christ shed his blood for you and I. But what for? To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
The Bible says that it is He, not you, He that cleanses you from all unrighteousness. Isn't it amazing how the world works so different than God? How do you make a right when you mess up? In the world, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of good deeds. Especially, especially if you're in a covenant relationship. I was talking to a guy the other day. Uh, you know, he, he messed up, you know, on his wife. And um, it wasn't unfaithful. It was just something, you know. And um, he had watched pornography. And he confessed it to his wife. And I was wondering, how long will it take for him to make this wrong right? And I wonder if he wondered the same thing with his wife. How long will it take? For her to trust me again. And I wonder with the wife what she thought. And she said how long will it take until I can feel like this never was said to me again. You see with Christ it's very different. In Jesus the moment you confess. The moment you say God I'm sorry and I repent. That same moment that immediate place is a place of forgiveness. That is a place of redemption. Let me tell you this. The problem is not Christ. He doesn't have a hard time forgiving us. He doesn't have a hard time saying, oh, that's going to take a while. That's a big sin. Now, if that cuss word would have been less, uh, maybe it would have been faster. That's going to take some time. Like when you go to the mechanic and you think it's just the hose. Eh, it's a little broken. Oh, man, it's a lot. Ooh, you're going to have to leave it for a week. It's a transmission. And see, for God, whether it's a transmission or a knob that fell off, it's the same thing. But we don't think that way, do we? The bath that I'm talking to you about is immediate. It's quick. It's fast. So how long should you go with, with guilt when you decide? That's how long. How long? How much longer should you go with guilt? I would say no more. How much longer should you go with feeling like, man, I can't change things? No more. Now for some people that are unwilling to change, then I would say don't ask for forgiveness. That sounds intense, but it is Formation Fridays. So if I go to my wife, to, I'm never going to do it again. <laughs> Does that make sense? If you are genuine about saying, God, help me. Maybe some of you guys are struggling with even having faith. This part of the Bible, it says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Even that, God will say, I'll help you. I'll meet you more than halfway. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. How much longer should you go with guilt? No more. That's it. Today, right now, a spiritual bath. Dr. Bill Bright, one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite people in the entire world, in the history of Christianity. His name was Bill Bright, and he founded Campus Crusade for Christ. I remember I would memorize his little booklets to witness to people. When I was seven years old, I already knew one, someone called the Four Spiritual Laws. Well, he had this second book called Spiritual Breathing, or How to Walk in the Spirit. And he said that in order for you to do that, you have to be able to breathe. Noemi, can I... Uh, have you as a lovely assistant. Okay, this is Noemi, and uh, she is single. Yes, she has a job. That's a plus. Uh, she's amazing. She loves the Lord, and uh, that's it. You go back to your seat. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, I'm playing. I'm playing. Okay, Coco. So, um, breathe deep for me. Go. Exhale. Okay, okay. Now, breathe. Now hold it. Just hold it, okay? Just hold it. Right there. Till I tell you. Are you exhaling? No? Okay. Just now somebody please count. I forgot to say that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 
Uh, what happened? Okay, let's try the other one. Okay, let's try now. Exhale. Exhale. Completely out. All of it, like if you're like... Completely out. Now hold. Now go ahead and count. Don't breathe in. Just... Uh, just stay like that. Just walk with me, girl. Everything's okay. How you been? You been good? Yeah? Cool. How's cool? What? <laughs> what? What happens? What happens if you don't breathe? I'd pass out. You pass out. Start getting purple. Like when my son gets really angry, my two-year-old, he gets purple. <laughs> One time he passed out, face first. Blood. Why are you guys laughing? That's mean, dude. Blood all over his face. It was mean. It was funny, actually, because, like, dude, that's why you don't cry like that, right? That's the last time. I'm not playing. That's the last time he passed out on me like that. So, so here's what happens in Christianity, okay? God, I messed up. I'm so bad. I can't believe this. <laughs> and we don't breathe. We don't do any spiritual breathing. We start choking ourselves out because there's no asking God for forgiveness. Do you know the Apostle Paul says, daily I go to the cross. Daily I am crucified with Christ. You know what that means? Every single day I have stuff to bring to the cross. This is Paul. The Paul. Not a Paul. The Paul. The Apostle. Every single day he had stuff to bring to God to the table. Thank you so much. Every single day, every, oh, go ahead. So I would tell you more than every day is all the time, all the time. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you inhaled and exhaled spiritually? Exhaled means repenting, asking God to get everything out. Lord, here's this, here's that. Even the small things that you thought were no big deal, it's a deal. So here you go, God, this, this, this. And then you bring it in. I say, okay, Lord, now please fill me with your spirit. Help me to walk in, in truth. Help me to walk in patience. God, forgive me for the way I treated my mom, for the way I treated my, you know, my friend, for the way, for my lying, for my exaggeration. Forgive me for this, for that, for laziness, for standing you up. Now, please, God, would you give me another opportunity? I want to walk with you. I love you. Today is a new opportunity for us. When was the last time instead, listen, please, instead of Instagramming, you just worship God for half an hour. That's breathing in. The problem with a lot of believers, we're choked out believers, we're weak, we're purple, we're dying. Many believers say, I don't feel God anymore because you're numb, because you can't breathe. Because you haven't experienced forgiveness, acceptance, redemption. The problem with us is that we, it's not that we don't love God, it's not that we're bad people. Man, I'm telling you, some people do some nasty things because they haven't breathed in a long time. They just feel choked up. They feel like, man, I, I'm just reaching for air, I'm gasping. For anyone who'd give me a little breath. Do you hear what I just said? A lot of people are gasping. Because they cannot have air supply. And God says, I want you to breathe. I want you to take a spiritual bath. I want to make you righteous. When? Right here, right now, today. You know that salvation is immediate. Man, once you give your life to Christ, boom, that's it. But then you have a walk of redemption. Constant walk with God. That walk is called restoration. It's a mortification to your flesh and vivification of your spirit. Is where you say, God, I die every day to my flesh and I want to live with you. That is the thing that most believers don't do, especially in the United States of America. Can I pause here? It is too easy to be a Christian in this nation, in spite of what I said in the first point. 
it is too easy to be a believer in this nation. Because you could just update your Instagram, but not your life. You cannot, you cannot say to God, God, I love you. And nothing changed. If nothing is changing, perhaps it's because you're not breathing spiritually. Can I tell you that the importance of being a fragrance to God, it is perhaps your most important priority in your entire life. That no matter what you do, if you say, today I want to smell like Jesus. Today I want to smell like Jesus. I used to work construction and I loved it because I like working with my hands. But I'm going to tell you this. Whenever I used to work with, in construction, I wasn't expecting to be smelling beautiful. Then I worked at a bank. And I was expecting to look good and smell good. Now let me tell you this. What is God expecting of you in this work? To smell like Christ. You don't expect a construction worker, while he's working construction, to come out of work and... What the... Whoa! You smell! You smell like old cement. You know, like... Yeah, you know, today I was grinding some metal and I smelled like ground metal. You know what I mean? Well, what happens if you're working for the Lord? Like, how should you smell? Oh, have you been working for Jesus? Ah, uh, yeah, actually I have. How do you know? Because you smell like it. I want to ask you this. How do you smell? Do you smell like Christ or do we smell like? Netflix <laughs> like yeah I've been Netflixing a lot it's been good you know it's been great for my spirit I feel strong today I feel great I'm not saying there's something evil about this what I am telling you is this how about if today you decide Lord I want to give some priority to smelling like you wherever I go that wherever I go I leave your scent in people's lives that even if I never see that person again because they knew I was a believer and the way that I treated them that they all know that there's a Jesus that loves them I told you about the wheel, the spare wheel. I was going on the freeway. Somebody had a, uh, was pulled over to the side. Whenever I'm on my own, I try to stop. If it's, especially if it's just one person or if it's a lady with kids, things like that, or an older person. This one time I stopped, there was this guy. And it was one of the, the you know, he had just come out of jail. Third strike, he said. And, uh, you know, he, he, he was living in his car. And uh, he, had, he had no, no spare. Uh, and so he was hurting, you know. And so I gave him my spare. And he said, man, is it you just going to give it to me? I said, well, how about this? I'll let you borrow it. This is my plan of consolidation. The next time I see you, I'll buy you some lunch and we could talk, talk a little bit more. He said, okay, that's good. And he said, but I don't have a phone number. I said, it's okay, just write it down. Now, I knew, I knew that there's a chance I may not see my spare again, which I didn't. But here's what happened. The moment we changed that tire, I helped him change the tire, he stopped and he said, you know when the last time that somebody was nice to me was? You know when the last time was that someone actually cared about me? And he started crying. I got to pray with him right on the side of the road. It was a beautiful soundtrack. <laughs> right? And it was such a beautiful time. You know what, what it is? Is that that guy, I never seen him again. What if I see him in heaven? And what if he's like, hey, am I making sense? You may not leave, I don't know, you may not impress someone, but maybe you could have an impression on them and that impression would be Jesus sent that when people say oh that reminds me of mm, that reminds me of Brie mm, smells like Brie yeah it's Jesus does that make sense like oh that reminds me of Noah yeah oh it's Jesus you know what I'm saying oh man somebody was you have the same character you have something about you yeah that's the scent of Christ you could tell someone amen
how do you do that? You first need by start doing this by spiritual showers. So you have to take a spiritual bath. The next thing that we need to do, and I will tell you this is the last thing. I'm not going to spend much, much time. But is you have to be able to practical, okay? The first thing is asking God for forgiveness. But the next thing is love sacrificially. The first thing I told you about not being a, um, a Pharisee, not being a legalistic person, a religious person, is being compassionate. The second thing is being sacrificial. If you are a person that knows how to love, truly love like Christ, then you already have the scent of Jesus. Guaranteed. The difference between the love, why don't we do this? Describe to me, one of you, any one of you, what is the love according to the world? What does the world describe love as? When you watch a movie, what is love? A lot of feelings, like a, like a rush of feeling. Romance or love or lust, right? The scene goes dark and you cover your son's eyes. Chooky, 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 chooky. If you guys don't know, Chucky is the, in Argentina, Eoni's grandma, Chucky was the movie Chucky, Chuck, Chucky, like, you know, Chucky, the little guy. And so Eoni's grandma, whenever there was like a racy scene, you go, Chucky, 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 cover your eyes, Chucky, like Chucky. Anyway, so Chucky, 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 Chucky. So whenever a kid or Eoni and I go to the movies, Chucky, 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 we still do that until we've been married 10 years. We Chucky, Chucky, Chucky each other. So what is the world what is the, the, the love of the world? What is, what is, it, what is it about it? What, what does the world describe love as? Besides, I mean, obviously, the, the sexuality component of it. Intense feelings, isn't it? This, this bliss, this happiness. You know, the last time I read the Word of God, which was today, <laughs> it still talks about love the same way, and it begins with giving and sacrifice. Always. For God so loved the world that he gave. Wait a minute. For God so loved the world that he felt so good. It felt amazing. And the movie ended with dun dun. Right. For God so loved the world that it was so intense. No, for God so loved the world that he gave. And this is where we have such a hard time as believers, don't we? As believers and as people, period. We have a hard time giving. What if instead of in love, looking to get, you look to give? What would happen to your Christianity, to your testimony, to your family? If you were the greater giver instead of the greater taker, or even just the greater expector, I don't take anything. I know. But do you give? Giving is the essence, the scent of Jesus. I can tell you this. Some people that don't know God smell more like Jesus than some people that do. Let me repeat that. Some people that don't know God smell more like Jesus than some believers that's supposed to be with him every day. I know this. I had a friend, you know, she... Did not know God at all. And I remember saying, man, you would make such a great believer. And when I said that to her, I, I, I'm such a great, great child of God, I think I said. And when, she, when I said that, I was like, man, what a confronting statement. Like you already are so giving. Let me ask you this. Do you love sacrificially? How do you know you're loving sacrificially? It is when you're oppressed, when you're even oppressed. It is when you're being crushed. It is when the situation doesn't call for you being kind, loving, patient. That is when the greatest scent of Christ can come up. You heard, it, you heard me talk about it. Eoni talked about this. We talk about it often here. Pastor Jorge shared about this. That the greatest, one, the greatest um, you know, olive oil, right, only comes, olive oil only comes when the olive is pressed. Remember that? Wine only comes out when you smash the grape. Did you know that the greatest scent only comes out when you... Just crush the flower. Makes sense. That nard, that little bit of tiny little bit of oil comes out only when they're pressed and pressed hard. 
It's intense to me. How, it's interesting to me how only in intense times, only in intense times, can some people get to know that you truly are a child of God. They won't know because you go to church. They won't know because you post stuff. They will only know when you experience cancer, when you face, you know, divorce in your family. Somebody is dying. Somebody's hurting. Maybe you hurt. Maybe you got this crazy, insane struggle that you have. And that is when you can have the greatest opportunity to show the love of Jesus. Today, I can say showing the love of God is the most important thing. Why? Because if we don't show the love of God, this is what my fear is. That if you don't show the love of God, you may miss that one opportunity that you had. That one chance. One chance. When we are upset, we feel like we have the right to stink. Well, I'm mad. Well, she said that and he said this. And God is like, you're missing the chance. That was your opportunity. Man, I brought the press on you. And you couldn't bear the weight. Get it off of me. What if you loved in those moments with the greatest passion, with the greatest love and the greatest patience? What if, I'm asking you, what if instead of at work, giving into all the pressures, it is in those times where you smell the best? Does that make sense? It is there. I, I wrote it like this. In the midst of crisis, Christ is. Like in the midst of crisis, Christ actually is. If today you think, Man, I'm going through this tough time. And I say, what a great opportunity to say, I'm going to smell like Jesus all the way through it. Even if it doesn't work out the way I think it would work out, I'll be smelling like Christ all the way through it. I've seen people smell like Jesus. The other day, Julian came over to our house. We were playing a little FIFA. Uh, if you guys don't know, Julian, are you here today? No. Oh, that's right. He's in, he's in therapy right now. So this week, this last four, four days, he has this, this therapy. He has cancer, right? And it was an aggressive cancer. And so he just came over, we started playing a little FIFA, and he was telling me that, I was asking, hey, dude, how does it feel? How did it feel? He said, feel what? I said, how did it feel when you were told, he's, he was 14 or 15, uh, when you were told you have cancer, an aggressive cancer. And in the midst of FIFA, he's like, man, I knew I was going to be okay. And I scored a goal on him, I was he's still going to be okay? <laughs> and I'm not playing, it was really what happened. Ask him. And so, but then later on, I was just like, um, we ended up, he won one, I won one, and then we tied two games. So, so just for the record, because uh, so, it's important, you know. So, so he, uh, you know, as we were talking, he said, no, yeah, I knew I was going to be okay. And, of course, I know, you know, his mom is, you know, a warrior, man. She loves the Lord. But it wasn't only her mom. See, we knew Carmen was a believer. Her son would come because he's quiet. He would sit on the back. He wouldn't necessarily be the jumper or the, or the it doesn't matter. I'm a jumper. Right? But he's not, so it's okay. I saw him jump while he was worshiping God only after he had a mask on his face. Do you guys know that? I never saw him like that. And he told me this. He said, oh, I, was gonna, I knew I was going to be okay. You know, God is with us. And I was like, man, what an incredible opportunity to say to the world, to the enemy, to God, here's my scent, Lord. Scent of a believer. The scent of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Jesus Christ if he would not have gone to the cross, he wouldn't be Christ. Think about that. If he would not have gone to the cross, we wouldn't care about him. He'd be just another one of those prophets. But because he went to the cross, it is there. That's where the word crucial comes from. You're in a crucial moment of your life. 
It is a moment where you got to go left or right, and it's going to be very important. It is a crucial place, a time of stress. Now, how are you doing, man? I'm going, going through the cross right now, for the scent of Christ will come through. If I can just recap this whole thing, and just there's this, this little girl. I read a story. I love reading stories, and I love hearing stories. This little girl, she saw this beautiful flower in her garden. It was the best-looking flower. And, uh, and she thought it was too beautiful to see it on the dirt. So she pulled it out from the root and went and washed it immediately at the sink. And she's like, ah. And she just took care of it. Well, guess what? The gardener came a few days later and found that the plant was completely gone. It was his precious plant. So hard to take care of. And perfect soil he had put it. And the little girl was questioned by the gardener. Hey, um, do you know what happened to the flower? Yes. I took it with me. My gardener was like, wait, where'd you take it? And he's like, well, I thought it was too pretty to be on the dirt. So I took it out and I washed it. And the gardener's like, <laughs> just kidding, inside of him, you know. And he's just like, wait, I chose that specific soil for that plant to be most beautiful. For the plant to get the perfect light, the perfect everything. And you pulled it completely out of the place that its beauty can actually flourish isn't it amazing how that happens in our lives god may have you in dirt in a little place where you're like i don't like it and god's like i know but that's where the beauty can actually come out man that is where you actually come on let us praise god that is where you actually where you actually need to be sometimes it's not saying god when is it over i say god how do i smell like you all the way through it and i believe that when you do that the greatest things happen when you have an opportunity, ask yourself. I mean, during the day, during the week, tomorrow, the next day, ask yourself, how do I smell right now? I mean, you're at work, and you probably put a little tag somewhere, you know, or maybe we should do like a little band. Well, where, how do I smell right now? Ask people, so uh, how do I smell? <laughs> maybe leaders could ask you, did you smell like Jesus today? Husbands, wives, mm, you're not smelling like God right now. Ouch. So please stand up with me for a second. I want to take you to a part of the Bible as we stand up. And Georgie, if you could help me out with the piano. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil, spikenard, perfume, anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. There's this, this spikenard, this, this jar of... I was reading today what the most expensive perfumes are. One perfume, a DKNY, believe it or not. One million dollars. One million dollars. You spray it and you get your friends together so they all can catch in on it. You know, hey, at least pay me. Right? One million dollars. This, this little bottle too. Now, of course, the, a jeweler also designed the bottle, blah, blah, blah. One million dollars for DKNY perfume. I'm thinking like, man, this is intense. Like that's... And then I looked at the next one, right? $270,000, a name I can't pronounce because it's in French. Right? And then I kept on going down the line and the 10th place was like $670. Looking at all these perfumes, you know, uh, perfumes, and I'm like, people really put, people really put a lot of money into trying to smell good. I wonder what would happen if we invest as much and just trying to smell like Christ. I mean, isn't it much better than DK and Y? I'm just saying. I mean, you could smell good on the outside, but you smell like death. 
Make sense, man. You could smell like heaven. Oh, man, you smell like angels, but maybe fallen. Make sense? Man, I, I now know, seriously, today, Eoni and I had an awesome conversation this week. As husband and wife, we got together. And we started crying. I'm not lying. I, it takes a lot to make me cry. Because we realize this, that our home is a beautiful home. God has blessed us so much. But we realize one thing that God confronted us both with. We must always, always let the joy of the Lord reign in our house. It wasn't that we were beating each other, screaming at each other, nothing like that. We realized that our children cannot grow up with less than the joy of the Lord in the house. That our home must be an environment of joy. And the moment I am upset, I bring that environment down. The moment Eoni gets mad, that environment goes down. You know what? Eoni preached that message on Sunday, and I thought it was so amazing. But to see her applying it throughout, it was even more amazing. She smells like Jesus to me. This entire week, today, before we came, I hugged her. And it wasn't because of the message. I didn't even know I was going to use this example. I hugged her. I said, thank you so much. There's so much joy in this house. There's been, since we had that conversation, it wasn't that the repeat to you. It wasn't that we were angry, mad at all. It was there was no intentionality about the joy of the Lord in the house. And so now I can tell you this one thing. If you can at least ask God to help you at home to smell like Jesus, it'll permeate the rest of your life. I've realized this, that this week it's just been easy, beautiful to be happy all the time. Now, I am usually a very excited, forward-moving person. It's not that I'm depressive, but it is so much easier. So much, it flows so much more naturally to just even do things. Can I tell you this? Maybe you're not battling depression. Maybe you're battling the smell of death. Maybe what's on you, maybe, just maybe, it's not. That you feel so bad, but it's you knowing that you can feel so much better. Do you know what I'm saying? Because if you feel bad and you knew it couldn't be any better, then you're like, well, that's how we are, human beings. That's who we are. That's how I am. I'm made that way. But you know there's better. You know you're supposed to be better, feel better, think better. And that better is the scent of Jesus. It's saying, how would Christ think right now? I'm, I'm, I help different people on the phone sometimes. And this one guy refuses to live for other people. All he cares about is himself, the most miserable person. Because all he cares about is me, I, and myself. Think, what if you just got out of you? What if you started actually caring about one person, anyone, pick a dog at least something that you care about start pouring out start caring about someone else what if I tell you believers children of God today's an amazing day to say Lord help me to smell like Jesus all the time every time you know what would happen this is what happened this woman poured the, the jar right she poured all the jar and she started wiping it with her hair the whole house was filled with the scent of God. Listen, the scent of thanksgiving, the scent of forgiveness, the scent of love, the scent of honor to Jesus Christ. She broke this beautiful expensive perfume. It was one year's wages. She broke it there and all the scent was filled. Imagine this, the people around murmuring, they smell and they're like, oh, that's a waste. But man, that's a beautiful waste. Man, that's more than I've done for sure. This one thing happened though. Everybody walked out, the scent was still pretty good, right? The house was smelling good. The, the, the house was great. The people owning the house were probably, yeah, my house smells expensive right now. But guess who smelled the best? That woman. 
That woman, her hair drenched in one year wages worth of perfume. All of her bathed hair, hair guys, smelling so beautiful. She walked down the street, everybody smelling like donkey, you know, and then this woman walks by. Mary smells like heaven. She had the scent that Jesus had. Am I making sense? The one that ends up more blessed when you represent Christ is always going to be you. I promise you at the end of your day, if you knew how to love sacrificially, if you took a spiritual bath, if you knew that Jesus was the scent you need to have, that day is an amazing, successful, beautiful day. I promise you that. I just taught you how to have a joyous day every day. Amen? Close your eyes for a second. Let me pray for you funky people. <laughs> Close your eyes for a second. Dear God, thank you so much because I know that humility is the aromatherapy from heaven, God. For pride, you say in your word that you hold the prideful far from you. But the humble, you would draw near and dear to you, Lord. I thank you because I know that pride is the worst smell to you, Lord. You cannot stand it. But humility, man, it's a wonderful, attractive thing to you. So, Lord, right now we come humbly before you, telling you, God, we need you. We need you, God. Forgive us if we have not been smelling like Jesus to people. If we have too much of us, too much of our culture, too much of our past, too much of my opinions, God, too much of what I don't know, what I do know. Dear God, I ask you right now that you help us, this church, this ministry, right here, right now, God, to be better at smelling like you, God. According to your word, you, Lord, you, Lord, say that we are the scent of Christ and we believe it, God. We believe it. Right now, we say, we believe your word when you say that we are the fragrance of Christ. Dear God, I declare right now that every person in this room, Lord, smells like Jesus. And wherever they go, the scent of Christ goes, God. In their homes will be filled with your scent. Their workplace, God, people will know by the way they love, by the way they care, by the way they pray, by the way they actually give. God, I pray right now that every one of us could represent you. What would happen, Lord? I ask you, please, please, God, help us to become more like you, not just talk, but also smell like you, God. That sometimes we don't even have to say a word and people will see and smell your love, God. That they could say, man, I don't know what it is, but that person is amazing, is different. They have something. God, I pray for compassion right now. For someone in here needs compassion. God, I pray right now that you make them compassionate. That God, you help them instead of being angry at him. Make her compassionate, God. Instead of being angry at her, God, make him compassionate, God. Give us compassion, God. Give us, give us compassion for the lost. Give us compassion for our brothers, for our sisters, God. Give us compassion, God. Not tolerance. Compassion that leads into action. God, I pray right now, God, please give us that love. That love for people that says, I will not stop caring about you even if you hate me, even if you despise me, even if you reject me, even if you mock me, I still will love you like Christ loved you all the way to the cross and then back. God, I pray right now that if there's someone here having a hard time forgiving someone, that they would say, it is there in crisis. It is there that I have the opportunity for Jesus sent to come out of me and flow onto the world and flow onto that person. God, I pray right now that forgiveness would flow in this very 
moment. God, freedom in the name of Jesus. Forgiveness flows, God. I declare that someone who's struggling financially, God is speaking to you. He says to you, right now in the valley, right here, right now, when you're in your low point financially, you have the opportunity to smell like Jesus, to be kind, to be, to be honest, to be giving, to be faithful, to say, I will love God in this moment and I will praise Him the same as though I was rich and when I have and I don't have, I still will smell like Jesus. I refuse to smell like a rotting world. Dear God, I pray right now that if somebody here has a relationship and they may be having problems, God, that they would have right now a turnaround moment. That they could say, I will smell like Jesus no matter what we did, no matter what's been done to me. I will smell like Jesus from here on out. I will take this scent home and I will live with it and I will share it with the world. Dear God, right now, I declare that this ministry changes today, right now, the way it smells to the world and the way it smells to you. God, even if the world rejects it, at least they will know it was the smell of Christ. Not the smell of me, not the smell of us or a church or a religion, but it is you, Jesus, that they reject that you will always, always, always wait for them with open arms. God, I thank you because tonight someone here has understood that they have been stinking to God and smelling good to the world. Bring conviction of sin. We need a bath, God. Someone here needs a spiritual bath, a bath in the blood of the Lamb. God, I pray that if somebody's been walking in sin, perhaps it's an addiction. God, perhaps it's an addiction to, to gossip, to lying, or self-pity, which is also hurtful. God, I pray right now that the sin of pity would leave in the name of Jesus and that they would say, God, I want to smell like you. Forgive me, Lord, forgive me. I pray right now, God, please bring a bath to people right here, right now. Wash them with your blood. Cleanse them. Cleanse their conscience. God, bring right now righteousness in their lives. You will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And the truth is Jesus Christ. He's still the way, the truth, and the life. And God says, if you know me, you'll be free. God, I pray right now that someone here would say, I want to know your grace. I want to know your love. And if someone here, God, decides... That your blood is enough to forgive them to cleanse them that they would receive it right now and if this is you I want to pray for you take a time and just say God I'm sorry for the way I've been thinking or living or doing things or not doing things I want to tell you from here on out God forgive me Lord I want to breathe I want to breathe God I don't want to hold my spiritual breath anymore. God, I want to exhale all the sin, all the negativity. God, all the things that hold me back. And I want to inhale you. I want to inhale you, Spirit of God. Your strength, your power, your love, your grace, your forgiveness, your redemption, God. Man, your prosperity, God. Your mindset, Jesus, help us. There's someone here. God is saying right now, you're forgiven. You are forgiven. You too are forgiven. For your repenting you are receiving in the name of Jesus God I thank you so much because this is your time Lord. for those people here that are having a hard time finding their foot on the ground maybe they feel like their life is on shaky ground I would like to tell you this maybe because you don't need to be standing you need to be kneeling and perhaps just like many of us have had to do when the ground shakes, get on your knees. And that's where God says, I know that. Because he said it to me before. That's where the oil, that's where the scent, 
that's where the best of you will come out that's when you're closest to heaven dear God I thank you because you still listen to your children and if there's someone here going through it going through a tough time God I pray that your scent will come out the scent of faithfulness the scent of love the scent of compassion the scent of passion the scent of patience the scent of faith God the scent of Jesus the scent that is always redeeming the scent God of joy the scent of freedom I thank you God because today you are here you brought us to this place your house and you met us in this place we don't want to leave here without your presence we don't want to leave here without your words we don't want to leave here God without your change I ask you seal these words with your blood God please may they not be taken by the enemy or by a circumstance may they value today more the joy of the Lord the freedom of God the scent of God in your name I pray amen and amen God bless you